This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Brian. I'm one of the uh, staff pastors here at East Coast Christian Center, sitting in for Pastor Dan today. And uh, welcome to Morning Breath. It is a drive-time or anytime devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Um, hopefully you've uh, you've dove into the Word a little bit um, with us, or you're about to, and uh, we'd just love to spend the morning or spend your afternoon or your drive time, however you're hearing this, whether it's by podcast or on 91.5 WMIE here locally in Bavard County. Thanks for tuning in. I got a couple friends in the uh, in the studio with me today. Across the table from me, I have uh, Pastor Christian Hurston. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah, right on. Thanks for uh, doing this with me. And then we have our uh, engineer over here. Uh, Nick, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Awesome, man. Thanks for making this happen. Yeah. Uh, we are in uh, John chapter 3 today, and uh, we're going to look at a chapter together. But let me, uh, Christian, you want to tell them about how to get on board with the show or how to get on board with this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Easiest way always is the East Coast app. That's your one-stop shop for everything you ever need for morning breath or anything related to East Coast for our events, past sermons, morning breath episodes. You can find it there. You can also track us on social media. So with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we've got content every day on there for you to be able to stay connected in the Word stay motivated, get kind of your daily dose of hope, which is a big thing is there's so much darkness out there as we want to be able to shine that light. And this is a great way to do it. You can also call the church offices at 321-452-1060. And we would love to either email or mail out the Morning Breath Devotion Guide or any information that you ever want on East Coast. Yeah, right on. We are a ministry of East Coast Christian Center, and so if you're looking for a weekend service, uh, we'd love to uh, be that for you. We'd love to be at your church home if you're looking for a church home. Maybe you're new to the area, or maybe you uh, somebody turned you on to the show, but you didn't know they were part of a, a ministry called East Coast Christian Center. We have locations in Merritt Island, uh, Coco, um, Vieira, and um, we would we actually have an online campus that is uh, that is growing and thriving at this yeah. point um, because of you know, COVID has kind of pushed a lot of people digital. And so there are digital options for you as well. And, you know, we'd love to draw your attention too to the Monday show, um, which you might be hearing on a audio podcast or on 91.5, you know, every week and you're tuning into that. But there is a video um, of that on YouTube that um, Pastor Matt and Pastor Jessica do every week. And we'd love to draw your attention to that. It's a cool thing. We also have a, a pretty cool conference coming up. The one I want to just talk to you about is uh, yeah. it's called a Flourish, uh, Flourish Women's Event. It is a conference in the past. We've done large event um, conference in our building here in Merritt Island. Um, but because of the um, need to go digital and to make it available, actually, it's going to be more accessible than ever before to anywhere across the country, across the world. And uh, we just want to draw your attention to what it might be for you as a, as a woman out there. And so uh, it is on October the 9th. You can get more information about it um, on our app or on our website, our events page. And so check that out. But it is a digital conference. It's going to have worship. It's going to have teaching. It's going to have awesome connection. There's opportunities to download or to stream it into your home or to be a part of a group. If you're comfortable being in a small group somewhere in, a, in somebody else's home, um, we would, uh, we'd love to have you in a, in a, whatever circle or whatever environment would work for you. We want to do that. There is a cost for the, for the conference. You can uh, work that out, but uh, check it out on our, on our website, um, or on our app. And it would be be a great thing to do on October the 9th, Friday Yeah, night. anything you ever want to find for East Coast is just the website eccc.us slash events, yeah. and we'll have it up there. You can get all the information you need. It's good. So let's jump into the chapter. we got John chapter 3 today, a uh, pretty awesome chapter, actually. Sure is, I yeah. have the New Living Translation. What do you have over there? I'm reading the Message Translation from Eugene Peterson. It's right on, one. right on. Uh, we have, uh, I believe it's 36 verses, and yeah. so we're going to break it after uh, 18, and uh, why don't you get me started and... Uh, Help me do it. All right, I must say unto you, read, sir. All right, John chapter 3 from the New Living. It says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. 
After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? Explained Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the spirit. How are these things possible, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you, we, we tell you what we know and have seen, and, you, uh, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his, own, his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. This is the crisis you're in. God light streaming into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth, reality welcomes God light so the work can be seen for God's work it is. After the conversation, Jesus went on with the disciples and to Judea countryside and relaxed with them there. He was also baptizing. At the same time, John was baptizing over at the Anon near Salim, where the water was abundant. This was before John was thrown into jail. John's disciples got into an argument with the established Jews over the nature of baptism. They came to John and said, Rabbi, you know the one who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one who authorized with the witnesses? Well, he's now competing with us. He's baptizing too, and everyone's going to him instead of us. John answered, it's not possible for a person to succeed. I'm talking about eternal success without heaven's help. You yourselves were there when I made it public that I was not the Messiah, but simply the one sent ahead of him to get things ready. The one who gets the bride is by definition the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's friend, his best man, that's me, in place as a, at his side where he can hear every word, is genuinely happy. How could he be jealous when he knows that the wedding is finished and the marriage is off to a good start? That's why my cup is running over. That's the assigned moment for him to move to the center while I slip off to the sidelines. The one who comes from above is head and shoulders over the messenger from God. The earthbound is earthbound and, this, and speaks earthly language, but the heavenbound is in a league of his own. He sets out the evidence of what he saw and heard in heaven. No one wants to deal with these facts, but anyone who examines this evidence will come to stake his life on this, that God himself is the truth. The one that God sent speaks God's words, and don't think he rations out the spirit in bits and pieces. The father loves the son extravagantly. He turned everything over to him so he could give it away, a lavish distribution of gifts. That is why whoever accepts the truth, the son sets, gets 
in on everything, life complete and forever. And that is also why the person who avoids and distrusts the sun is in the dark and doesn't see life. All he experiences of God is darkness and anger, darkness at that. Amen. Amen. All right. So I, you know, when you were reading it there, I actually, something stuck out to me that I, that didn't um, before when I had previously read the chapter and I, um, I'm, I'm intrigued because it, uh, it touches a little bit of thing in me and I know it's in you a little bit too. We've had these conversations before, but, um, there's this competitive piece that, that John's disciples yeah. um, were like, hey, that guy, he's over there baptizing too. He's yeah, taking yeah, all yeah. the people from us. And, yep. you know, what about us? You know, like, and um, there is something in me that is it, that is competitive. I, I've, you know, I've done a lot of competitive sports, a lot of competitive things over my life. And I saw that in here that as you were reading that, and I was like, man, oh, man. Now, you know, like, it, I don't know about anyone else out there, but when you read the word and you see a picture of maybe yourself in it and you yeah. go, oh yeah, that doesn't sound good Kinda at all. Kind of cuts to the core a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he starts getting in there a little bit. Um, but John's response to that is so holy and so right. And, you know, he tells yep. us, he kind of paints this picture of the bridegroom and the best man. And, you know, the best man's not jealous for the, you know, yep. for the for the dude getting married. You know, like he's actually, he says, you know, in verse 29, it's a bridegroom who marries the bride and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, am I, am I pleased with other people's success? Yep. Like, I mean, just as you were reading that, I'm like, I was trying to think about, you know, other people successful around me. And I'm like, you know, am I pleased by that? Like, and I want to be like John. Like I want to, I want that to well up in me when I see somebody else. I want to celebrate somebody else's success and I want to prop them up more than propping myself up. And that is not what happens in in competitive anything. Whether that's, that could be sales, that could be sports, that could be education, that could be a ton. Of levels, Even just right? the family life today, because oh of social gosh. media, the way that people compete with likes and attention and followers, and you know, it there's a whole lot of this competitive thing or yeah. comparison thing that it turns into, kind of looking side to side. And you know, I, I just love, uh, I love the picture of John in verse 30. He says he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And yep. that's a picture of you know our real submission to to the name of Jesus, to to what God can do. And um, but he like. It almost feels easier in our era on one level to go, Jesus, of course he's greater than we are. Of course, you know, he's the king of kings and Lord of lords. We've not seen him. We didn't walk alongside. We yeah. weren't doing great things. And then he showed up on the scene. Like in John's situation, John, and the scripture says it, he was like the the, the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. Oh, yeah. He was the man of all men, right? Yeah. Like he was a beast when it comes to like, I mean, you could, we got Nicodemus at the top who was a you know religious leader and a Pharisee and all this stuff. But John was greater than all New yeah. Testament believers, like like Old Testament, all, all the Old Testament prophets. People were coming in droves to be able to repent and to be able to be baptized. And oh, like, there's a he huge was the man. That was He's happening. the man. And you yeah. see this other thing swelling up. But he recognized that this was not about him. Yeah. You know, this was not about his greatness or his victories or his this or his. But his disciples hadn't gotten that yet, right? And I wondered about you know people around me. Am I able to help others see that? Because they're gonna, if they see it in me, then they can grab it, right? Yeah. And it's a great leadership principle about, you know, not everything that you're gonna say is gonna be grabbed, you know, by, by everybody who hears it. But people that are close to you might grab some things if you do life together with them. And I think that's what we see a picture here is we see a picture of John doing life with his disciples mm-hmm. and just kind of the, the everyday experience of like asking questions and how John responds, how John lives that out. You know, like this isn't just like a, a lip service thing either. John was actually living this. Like John was actually like, 
laying his life down and going, it's about him. It's about him. It's yeah. about him. Like, it's not about me. It's about him. And so I just, I, I don't know. I just challenged by that again today to go, you know what? I, I want to make sure that my life is not only just about, hey, of course, surrender to Jesus. He's king of kings. And, um, you know, I, I recognize that I am not the one in control of this life. Like, yeah. I, that's not a hard thing for me. But when others have success around me, am I celebrating their successes? Or am I looking over going, man, what about me? Or how about this opportunity? And maybe this lands somewhere in your cubicle today and you're like, somebody else got a promotion or somebody else got got whatever, got a new car, got a new, whatever, new baby. Like we were, we were talking before the show about foster care and about, you know, children coming into your home and and just things like that. And, you know, are you just willing to, are you, are you quick to celebrate? We'll just start with that. Yeah. Can you celebrate others' successes? And, um, I want to be better and that just challenges me. So that's good. There's a phrase out there and kind of a concept of make Jesus famous. And it really comes from like thinking back to the Jesus movement of the seventies is everything was about Jesus. It was a big push and people get away from that a little bit. There can be a big push in the Christian world of like, you know, Jesus is here to bring us to the father and different things like that. But I grabbed a hold of that a couple of years ago. I was actually just in a meeting with pastor Matt and he just casually mentioned kind of make Jesus famous. And it resonated in my spirit. And, you know, I, I turned like my username for a lot of things to make Jesus famous. And I made it to where it's a, something I see almost every day. And my phone is called make Jesus famous. So if you're trying to airdrop to me, it's going to be like, make Jesus famous, his phone. And and it's just, it's something I want to keep in front of my eyes is I don't ever want it to be about me is I really want to point it back to Jesus. And that's something that wages against us is that in this world and social media and the pressure that we have, there's such a push for us to try to make our name great. But, you know, you do a great job of this personally. East Coast does a good job. And Pastor Dan and I have talked some is he's always been one to kind of like, let's just push the church out there and not me. Like he does a good example of leading that way. And verse 29, you had said it already in NLT, but the message says, that's why my cup is running over. That's the assigned moment for him to move to the center while I slip into the sidelines. And it's a cool idea is there's a, a, an artist named Lecrae out there that says, I can play the background. You know, I just, I want to move back and put him at the center and move forward. And that is a good motivation for us today because it's hard kind of in that that whole idea of the dog eat dog world, you know, is that the business world, it's a jungle out there and you got to climb the ladder. But I, I love that motivation. I like this idea too of talking about being in the light is in verse 19, this is a, there's a lot that is said in the message. And sometimes I can almost get kind of caught up in it. I want to stop and like digest what it's saying, but this is the crisis we're in. God light streaming into the world, Mm -hmm. but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness. They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. And this is a, an idea that I just got to share recently with our students of when light is there, darkness cannot exist. It's not like there's a war that takes place. If you're in a dark room and you shine a light, there's not a battle. That light just displaces the darkness. But we need to let that light of God come in and shine and illuminate into places in our lives where sometimes maybe we want to kind of hide some things. But God's light comes in and it always brings love. It brings healing. It brings restoration. It comes in and says, you know, so famous, John 3, 16, that God came to the world because he loved the world and to save the world, not to condemn it. And when you know that that's kind of the light, I even thought of this idea of, you know, lasers are lights and lasers seems like it could do damage, but it's going to penetrate something. And sometimes it can do a very important work there, but it can feel a little scary when you maybe have some areas of darkness 
But let me just encourage you out there, let God in. Let let that light of the word of God, because the Bible clearly says, and John says it a lot, is that he came, the light of the Lord came as the word and as Jesus, and that he wants to illuminate in those dark places. Yeah, you know, um, part of this chapter, uh, that in multiple places in the chapter, it's talking about the spirit of God and that it, that it brings life and, you know, that yeah. it is the thing that brings light and that there's no limit, you know, to what, you know, release of the spirit is going to look like. And um, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty interesting uh, concept of, you know, the, this, this idea of light, uh, we see light, like you see when, when light turns on, you see it, like it's noticeable from the darkness, right? But Jesus is talking about the spirit of God where, you know, you see the effects of the wind, um, but you don't see the wind, you know, even he's talking to Nicodemus in this part of the chapter. And um, he says, but, you know, the spirit of God is going to move freely. And, uh, you know, whether it's the comparison thing, it's the competition thing, or even the light and darkness thing, the spirit of God, when it moves into a space, it's what brings increase. It's what brings life. It's what brings, you know, unity. It's what brings health. It's what brings wholeness. You know, it is the power of God into salvation. Like the name of Jesus is powerful and it is incredible work. Well, the spirit of God is what is released in the earth today to do that, right? Like, and so that's happening through you, through me. And so though we haven't like, like Jesus says here, and no one's ever been to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. We get a picture of what the, what's possible by the spirit of God, by Jesus' life. And so mm-hmm. if we're wondering, you know, what, what the light of the world could look like in an environment, in a community, in situations, we just got to look back to the life of Jesus and we go, okay, here's what it looks like. You know, whether that's healing the sick, whether that's casting out demons, whether that is whatever the whatever the picture might be, whether yeah. it's you know a financial piece, well, let's get the the plan of heaven into that area of our life. And uh, I would just, I guess, I would just challenge you today: is is there an area where you aren't seeing the presence of God there? Well, let's let the Spirit of God into that. Let's let the light of God into that space. And you might be out there. And I was having a conversation with somebody recently about um, somebody whose finances were just were really a mess, you yeah. know, and. Um, the same day that that I had that conversation, I'd had a con- another conversation with a couple who had gotten out of debt one hundred and sixty eight thousand wow, dollars in two years, two months, and two weeks. Right, yeah. like like in literally about a hundred weeks, you know, or yeah. maybe it'd be one hundred and twenty weeks at that point. In one hundred and twenty weeks, they were able to pay off one hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars worth of debt. Now. I don't know all the details of how that happened, but I trust that that happened by doing some work and by the Spirit of God opening some doors and by them saying, you know what, we're going to do it God's way. And in doing it God's way, there's a way out. You know, whatever darkness you might be in, there's a way out by the Spirit of God. And so um, if it's, it might be financial freedom, you might be going, you know what, I'm bound up financially and, uh, you know, it might land somewhere today where you're listening to the show and you go, you know what? I need to start getting on God's plan with my finances. Well, yep. there's great op- there's great options for that. Dave Ramsey, you know, Financial Peace University. It's a great method. It's a biblical method. It's a godly thing. It works um, to work your way out of a situation. But you know what? If you don't even say, hey, let's get God into that. Dave Ramsey's not the only way. Dave Ramsey's a man, but he has some God-inspired methods. Yep. Um, there's others that are out there. Joe Sengel is another guy that, you know, that, that I follow and I, and I like, and he's got financial freedom things. Um, there, there's just a lot of options out. Cryon Financial is another option. There are options, but if you just kind of shun it and go, nope, nope, God's not touching that part, well, there is darkness to be had in yeah. those areas that you don't like. you do it on your own way, it's hard. Yeah, and it might be an addiction thing. It might be, you know, it could be a— a variety of things. It could be relational. It could be um, all sorts of, you know, you've been through one relationship after another and you're going, well, I've tried to do it God's way and it didn't work. You know what? Try again. Like yeah. maybe maybe you didn't recognize something that you were walking in and it's not always going to be perfect every time. It's, yeah. you know, just because 
we're involved in it, right? Like yeah. we have to own some of that and go, yeah, let's try again. God's way is always better. And I love this idea. We heard this recently in a devotion we were doing together as a group of guys at church is if you look back at, you know, I'm, I'm 38 years old. If yeah. I look back at my 38 year old self, when I'm 45, I'm going to realize kind of maybe some foolishness that I was in. Same way as when I look back at like my 15 or 20 year old self, I think, man, how prideful or how silly. I wish I would have trusted God more in this or in that. Is yeah. you get a little more perspective. You get that 40,000 foot view. You can get a little more understanding of what the whole picture is. And if you don't know what to do, just look to God's word as he makes it so clear exactly what you're saying, whether it be in your finances or in your relationships or with parenting. We're both yeah. raising kids. You know, I've got two teenagers and a, a 10 year old girl who's amazing, but wants to be pretty grown up too. And, you know, I could use God's wisdom in this situation and I could use some godly wisdom from other people who have been down the road. And so instead of trying to do it on my own, there's so much just opportunity to go into the word and see what he has to say specifically for every single need in our lives is that we can go there. We don't have to make it up on our own is he'll speak to us and give us the information we need. You know, I, I, I would I would be remiss to say that my finances, my relationships, my parenting, my you name it, many areas of my life are better today because I'm part of a local church. Yeah. Like it does not happen like on accident. It does not happen because, oh, the spirit just kind of swept me off my feet and I figured <laughs> it out, right? Like that is not what happened. Nope. And lest I say, hey, this is how it happened for me. It happened for me because I got around other godly men and yeah. women, either in a small group setting, in relationship, in friendship. I mean, just literally going to dinner with people and going, hey, tell me about this. We have some mentors in our lives, yep. some people that are farther down the road in our lives that we can have conversation with. And it, it actually grieves me. It's hard for me to think about people who don't have friends like that, yeah. people who don't have the ability to it's have friends like to do that. Life. You know? Doing life alone. We were never meant or intended to do life alone. John had disciples. John had people around. Jesus had people around. Always, yeah. You know, there were always people around growing and learning from one another. He always had someone around him, Barnabas and Timothy and Silas. And yeah. It's good. I would I would just recommend to you today, have some people around you in your circle. Let some people into your circle that know you and that love you enough to tell you the truth about your circumstances. So when you're talking about this and this and this, they can actually go, man, that's not best. Like there's better than that. Come on, there's better than that. And when we get to that place where you are humble enough, like John the Baptist was here to go, hey, he must increase. You have people in your life that can speak into your life that you would actually surrender portions of your life and go, hey, would you speak into this? I need help. Or even, hey, what do you think about that? Open the door for somebody to speak into a situation. These are just practical things you could do to actually advance the kingdom of God in your own life. You know, like this is not like, hey, great missional thing out there. This is actually for you in your life, practical, real life stuff to go, would you ask somebody, hey, what do you think about this? How could I be better at that? And let somebody speak into it. Literally, you sent me an email last night asking me me for three points in an area of your life that you go, Hey, could you, could you speak into this for me? You know, like that's an open door to go, would you speak into this? But I'm not going to come, you know, knocking on your office door or like give you a phone call and be, Hey, you know, Christian, I was thinking about this. I got these three things I need to tell you about you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. And honestly, the best advice you can get are probably not coming from guys like that. They're going to give it out to everybody. Yeah. Now it's, it's one thing. It it is one thing. If you're, you have a relationship like that, where you can just call people up and be like, Hey, you know, I noticed this thing in your life that happens over time. That happens over, you know, relationships. Usually because the door's already been open. It could happen. Absolutely. But many men operate in a different currency. That's called unsolicited advice. You give me unsolicited advice, I probably don't receive it nearly as well as when I open up my life and ask you the question. And when I open up my my life and ask the question, now 
I'm being vulnerable and I can receive and I have, there's place to receive that. And so I would just encourage you again, get around some people. And I'm telling you, a local church is a great environment for this. Um, get around some people, whether that's East Coast Christian Center local church, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have circles. We have small groups. We have yep. abilities to grow and to do those things. But it doesn't all even happen in a small group. It happens in relationship Just with people. Life, yeah. Get close to people that are pursuing on the same in the same direction, going towards Christ, and watch what happens. I think you'll look back five years from now, 10 years from now, and go, wow, that's what happened. I got connected with some other believers. And so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back to uh, complete the show. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too small or too big. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Or visit us online at ineedafencenow.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior, we offer free estimates, and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. The Mezzanine Church for Young Adults. Pursuing the presence of God both locally and globally, the Mezzanine meets at East Coast Christian Center every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Call 321-452-1060, extension 133, for more information. That's 452-1060, or visit mz9.org. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Morning Breath. All right, we want to just close out with this idea here from verse 36. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. And this is so basic, it seems, but Jesus said that this idea of salvation, even a child can understand it and obtain it, is that it's not something that we need to overcomplicate. It's very easy in just our intellect and our mind to think that we have to attach all these other things to our salvation. But Romans 10, 9, 10 makes it so clear that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and confess him, that you will be saved. 
is that we don't need to add all of our additional rules and standards and things that we, hoops we have to jump through and all these other things to be able to have salvation. But the same thing goes for bringing heaven to earth is that you can believe God and have that heaven right here if you just believe in him. You know, it goes so well with verse 17 as well. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You know, many times we had this picture of God being, you know, kind of out to to judge everything and to, to fix everything and to, you know, to chip away all the broken stuff. And yeah. instead, he's actually trying to encourage you and build you up from the inside out. And to save the world through him looks like a picture of getting Jesus into your center, into the core of who you are. Let him be Lord. And in that lordship place and letting him lead, letting him be the guy out front to lead your every bit of your life in that place then is where true success and true eternal life looks like. And yeah. so we can walk out of the abundance today because Christ is in us. So let's go do that. God bless you guys. You have a great day. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.